Hi, everyone. Um, I need to start off by disclosing I just recorded like 10 minutes worth of audio that was not captured because I did not plug my microphone in. And so my computer speakers were picking it up and you could barely hear it. And I don't have the skills to figure out how to turn up the audio. So we're just starting all over again, which is not that big of a deal because I don't really have a whole lot to say. I mean, depending on who you are, you never think I have that much to say, which is neither here nor there. Um, but anyway, hi, it's me. Um, I, okay, couple pop culture updates um, and then a couple other things. So, <laughs> all right. I did not do an episode last week um, because we were traveling we went up north, uh, just Tabor Rue, and I went up to Mackinac Island, which if you're not from Michigan or the Midwest, it's this little island um, in, I don't know which Great Lake it is, but it's like off of like the top of northern Michigan. Um, people in Michigan, we look at our hand to describe where we're from, and this is like right off of the top of my pointer finger. <laughs> My left pointer finger, to be specific. Um, Katie Kilpatrick is calling me. Should I answer? I think I will. Kate. Katie. Katie. Hey. Hi, I'm recording my podcast. You're on the speaker. Um, you're oh on my the... God, hi. <laughs> is, is what you were going to tell me available to be aired to the masses or no? <laughs> sure. Okay. Do you have anything to say? Do you have any updates? Yeah, I, I just dropped my child off with my parents, <gasps> and this is the first time I'm going to be away from her overnight, and I'm just like, what do I do? I'm about to go get my nails. I'm going to go have some wine. Like, I'm just I'm just about to go do some things. Katie, I literally could, this could not have been more perfectly timed because I was just having a conversation with Taylor this morning. So Katie and Taylor are two of my best friends, and they have babies that are like four days apart. And I, do you have like five minutes to talk about this on like a, a platform that will be aired to strangers. Katie. Can you hear me? Damn it. Yeah. All oh, right. I'm going okay. to the, the things at Rainbow City, Alabama. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I have something to tell you and then I will call you back, but I need this. I need your opinion uh, to be aired. But I was, I was, I literally just started recording, but then like I realized I hadn't plugged my microphone in. So then I had to redo like the first 10 minutes, but this actually works out even better. So I, we went up north to Mackinac Island and it was like fun, but it was the first time I've ever been frustrated with my child on vacation mm. and because she was acting like she had recently done crystal math <laughs> and like the whole time. <laughs> oh no. But I'm still glad we went. I was very frustrated for like. I would say at least like a couple, like like for like probably a good 30 minutes each day we were there and we were only there for three days. But I was like, I did say it's the first time we've ever taken a trip where I've said we should just go home. I've never said that before, but it was, it like got to that point. Just, it was just like a whininess that I'm still glad we went because we, Tabor and I never take vacations. The only vacations we have ever taken, just he and I are literally Mackinac Island five years ago. We went to Disney World, and then we went to London. Oh, my goodness. I know. So, like, it was good. It was good that we went. Um, But, okay, moving on. This is perfect. I would love – this is such great timing. So, I also was going to talk about mom guilt because I have not been, like – I've been feeling mom guilt, I think, for the first time since being a mother. And I am interested to see your perspective on this situation. So, last night okay. – Last night I was on TikTok as I normally am and I saw a creator who I like and is actually from Ann Arbor and we have like chit-chatted a little bit, but she has um, two children and she and her wife were put a TikTok out that we, that they were hiring a babysitter for the first time ever. And they have like a, like a five and seven year old or like a six and eight year old. Like their kids are older. They're not like babies. And I was like, holy shit. And I was expecting the comments to be, mm-hmm. I was expecting the comments to be like, oh my God, you guys need to like hire babysitters. You need to get out. Because I was like, how, how have you never hired a babysitter before? Like how, 
so I go to the comments and there were hundreds of comments and Katie, every single one, I'm saying like 99% were people saying women mostly or all women saying same. I've never hired a babysitter. My kids are, some people were saying they had teenagers and they had never hired a babysitter and they were like, I just take my kids everywhere. Like I don't trust anybody. I would never leave them with anyone. I leave them only with only family sometimes. And when I tell you, it made me feel like a piece of shit because by tomorrow night, I will have hired a babysitter three times in four days. Good. Right. But do you see how that then sent me on a spiral of, am I a bad mom? Because I am not, because I don't feel a guilt for hiring help. And I don't, obviously like I choose people who I trust. However, like, am I a bad mom for trusting anyone other than myself? Do you know, do you know what it, it literally sent me down a spiral of, wow, I'm a bad mom because I, everybody was, everybody has been like feeding me this bullshit of you're a good mom for knowing your limits and asking for help. But then I see things like that. And by women who, in my opinion, as I rationalize through this and like logic my way out of this and no offense to anybody who might find this offensive, but I have said this on this podcast before and to other people. And I think to you recently that I don't believe there's like, you don't get a, there's no award or there's no reward for suffering. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? So my in-laws told me this when Matt and I were like, okay, we've got to learn to just let go sometimes. And they used to go on vacations, like long weekend trips, and they would tell their children before they left, oh, I know you're going to miss us, but if mommy and daddy don't go have a trip and go have some alone time, there won't be a mommy and daddy. That's a good point. And, And also, I think that now that I'm a new mom, I'm three months and three weeks in, And if I don't have a day to myself, I find myself getting very irritable and I'm not the best version of myself or my child. I think my child deserves better. And if I go do things like go to work twice a week or go get my nails done while my mom watches my child, like it, it, to me, it makes me feel like I'm a better mom. Right. And that's trusting people is really hard. And I, Here's the thing. You you hear these horror stories of right. nannies or even in daycares, like these random people that unfortunately might abuse your child or may give your child melatonin to knock them out. And that's so scary. That is the scariest thing of being a parent is like judging someone's character and making sure it's a safe, appropriate person. I mean, it could be a, it could be a family member too. That's another thing. So that, that, that was my rebuttal, honestly, to like, I mean, I didn't comment this, obviously I did not comment at all. I was just lurking. That was my big thing that I'm like, do any of these people know that the most likely person to abuse your child is someone who you are related to, is someone you're related to? I, I'm like, I don't know if now, right, right, your grandmother, like if you're, if you have like siblings and you think your siblings, children are safe, they might not be like, that's the thing is there's just no, you don't know. You can't predict those things. Right. And it, I don't know. It it definitely sent me into a tailspin. I've been thinking about it all morning and I, you know, all Taylor and I do all day long is like send each other voice notes back and forth. And she sent me one that made me hysterically cry basically about another friend of ours who you know, experienced a lot of guilt about not wanting to be a stay-at-home mom. She was like, I feel like I'm supposed to want to do this, but I don't. Like, I can't wait to go back to work. And I understand that. And I hadn't experienced that until right now where I am not loving being a stay-at-home mom for the first time. And it's making me – but it's because I am so clinically burnt out and I've had help – intermittently but like this has just become like a therapy session I can't like I whatever but like I don't know it's a very complex feeling yeah but here's my thing there's just no way to know if you're cheating I, I say hi to the babysitter <laughs> do a background check have an any camera be it's okay to be a helicopter mom when it comes to things like that have an any camera and tell them hey just know that at any point in time, I'm going to look in and see what you're doing with my child. 
Right. And I think I think the thing that set me off is the the holier than thou commenters trying to convince other people and themselves that they are the superior parent because they you want a reward because you're miserable yeah I mean and that's yes and I've said that a lot is that I think people expect a reward for being overtired and miserable and doing it all just for the sake of what bragging on someone else's TikTok that they've never hired a babysitter because they think that makes them a better parent. Like, I'm sorry, fuck off. Like that, that's no, the point that it got me jealousy. to. I believe that is jealousy. Do you think so? I do. And here's, I, I do know, like I have a cousin that I have two cousins and they both had babies at the same time. And one of the cousins went on a date night while their child was still an infant, like a newborn. And the other cousin made her feel so guilty. She's like, oh my gosh, you left your child to go to the movies and to dinner? Like, you left your child? Yes, because that's important. Right, and I don't know if I've ever said this out loud, but I mean, I don't... I don't want a date. Go do something <laughs> by yourself. Even if you go sit in a parking lot and sit in silence, if that makes you happy, do that. You can't just... I don't know. I don't... I don't like how moms just shame other moms because they hire a babysitter or like go on a trip or a long weekend trip or go for two weeks. Do you you think it's jealousy for you? Do you think it's jealousy that they just aren't or can't? I don't know. I think some people just have a complex. I think, I think they're so eaten up with being judgmental that that's all they do for a living is just judge other people because they are sitting on a high chair. Right. And staring at an infant. I, I think I, and Taylor and I talked about this this morning and like, this is like her story to tell, like, I'm not going to share her thoughts on any of this, but like what we kind of got to is like, I have never really felt like, okay. So when Rue was a newborn, the first time we left her, like she was like two weeks old and we went out on like a date for our anniversary because our anniversary was when she was like two or three weeks old and our neighbors watched her And I just kind of like left. And then when we got back, my neighbors, and this is like very vulnerable of me to share because it's something that like I feel conflicted about. Like when we got back, our neighbors were like, oh my God, was it so hard? Like, were you like worried about her? Like you, you did such a good job not calling or texting. And I was like, it honestly didn't, like I wasn't really thinking about it. Like I didn't. Because you trust your neighbors. Like leaving her didn't bother me. But then I felt a guilt of like, oh should I be like should really been, should, no. yeah, should I have been at bed, like been out of shape about this? And then it kind of happened again a week later, like my mom came over to watch her so we could go to our neighbor's birthday party. We were literally a hundred yards away from the house, but I just kind of like walked out of the house. Like it, it wasn't like impossible for me to walk away from her and leave her. Whereas like, I feel like other people say that they feel that way or like maybe they do. I don't, like it, it, and then that made me feel like I wasn't like I didn't love my child enough. This is like hard for me to say out loud, and I can't believe I'm going to put this out into the world. But like, I really want to. I deep down, I like know for a fucking fact that other people feel this way. But like, probably Instagram leads us to believe that we have an insecure attachment to our children, or we don't love our children enough because it's not hard for us to leave them. Whereas my therapist has been like beating into me that, no, that means you have an exceedingly secure attachment to your child. I agree. I think that is a confidence thing. Like if you feel secure enough, like my baby is with her people, my baby is with her tribe, her village, and I can walk out of the room or I can go on a date night, I can leave her. That's right. I agree with that. I think that is just being secure in your relationship with your child. And I think it's better for your child too, because then you don't have a child with separation anxiety or a child that's insecure or feels like they're going to feel like they're abandoned or something. And I don't know. I, I agree with your therapist and thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, is this wrong of me to feel okay leaving my child? Yeah. 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 And I think actually, to be honest, I think it maybe until like this week, I think I'm gonna cry. Like I have felt that that was like wrong, that it didn't bother, like that I. No, you should be proud of yourself for feeling that way because Rue knows how much you love her. She knows you're not going to leave her and she knows she's safe with whoever she's with. Yeah. (sighs) Oh my God. (laughs) 
you should be proud of yourself. And when you told me that you hired a babysitter, I was thinking, why is this just now happening? No, I know. And everybody's been saying that for months. And like, I, like I've had help intermittently, but I've said that on this podcast before also, like I thought that it wasn't like, I thought it was stupid to hire help. I thought it was a waste of money because I quit my job to be a stay at home mom thinking like, Oh, why would I pay somebody else to do it when like for the same price, like I can do it. I was like really focusing on like the money piece of it. I was like me working is not justifiable. And I will fully wholeheartedly admit, I kind of hope Tabor doesn't listen to this because then he's going to like encourage me to go back to work. (laughs) (laughs) But I, it's taken me a year to get to this point that, I did not factor in the mental health aspect of it. Yeah. I didn't. I just didn't. It's a lot. It never, here's the thing. When you go to work, you come home at five Mm -hmm. and you leave work behind. And as a stay at home mom, you wake up, you barely even get a sip of your own coffee and your day starts taking care of another human and it does not stop until that human is put down and goes to bed. Right. And I am not interested in getting into the argument of whose job is harder, staying mom, stay at home moms or working moms. Guess what? It's all fucking hard. It's all of it's all hard. hard. However, you know, I respect for every kind of mother. Of course. I'm I am not a- interested in that argument. However, when you go to work, my mother said this to me a couple of weeks ago. She said, yeah, I mean, because I was in daycare at six weeks old. My parents were executives like that. It was never an option. Like my mom didn't stay home with me until I was like two or something. It was because we kept moving all over the world. But like she said to me, she was like, you know, when I went to work, I got a break. And again, I'm not trying to start an argument with the masses of like what's harder, but there is a mental health component there that I think is worth acknowledging. Yeah. And he, okay. So something that hit me yesterday, yesterday was my day to stay at home with Mary Loretta. And I didn't do my typical like chores where I do all the laundry and kill myself to clean the house and make it spotless. I actually took the time to sit and enjoy and drink it all up mm-hmm. of her. Like I let her take a, a nap on my chest two different times yesterday. So and just proud of you. Enjoyed her. <laughs> And, but the thing is, as a stay at home mom, you don't get to do that every day. You right. have a job to do. You're a, you're a homemaker. And sometimes you have to go and do things for yourself because it, it's like you said, burnout is just such a thing. You don't get to just sit and enjoy your baby all day. You have to do the dishes. You have to do the laundry. You have to do the feedings. You have to bathe yourself and feed yourself. <laughs> you have to bathe, you have to bathe both of you. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to do all of that. And like, I don't have any judgment for a stay at home mom. That's like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of a mother's day out program and leave my kids for four hours so I can go play tennis or go get a massage. I just feel like self care is very important because like you said, a job is a break. When I go to work into the office twice a week, I'm so thankful to just get out and have adult interaction because stay-at-home moms get this thing called Barney brain where all they're doing is singing nursery rhymes. Oh my God. You're trying to pack all this, you know, education. Like, am I doing all this right? Do they know their colors and their shapes? Oh, Katie, did I, Katie, did I tell you about that? I, I also saw a TikTok of this girl who like, she's a lawyer or something. Yeah. I think she's an attorney and she was like, when I had kids, I became, I've definitely like said this on the podcast before, but <laughs> she was like, when I had kids, I became such a better lawyer. I, I was clear. I was sharper. I was more, I could think more critically. I could see things from, you know, more perspectives. Kitty, I could not disagree with anything more. I feel truly brain dead. I feel like I have brain damage. I do too. Like there's not enough Adderall in this world that can make me better at my job. I'm just being honest. Uh, no, hundred percent. I It's I guess. hard. <laughs> <laughs> she took all of my brain. The whole thing. All of it. I have. Yeah. All oh, of it. yeah. Yeah. What more do you want? <laughs> I know. When I saw that and that girl said that, I was like, first She's of all, crazy. well, I was like, what medication are you taking? And what's your nanny's phone number? Like, I know that that's like bitchy and I yeah. kind of take that back. However, I, 
because I hate when people say things like that to me. So I take that part back. But it, I just couldn't disagree more. And like, I've never heard the term Barney brain before, but I'm going to start using that because Barney brain. Yeah. Like I was, I did not go to school to teach secondary education. <laughs> I can barely teach a young child baton lessons without wanting to hit them with a baton. I'm kidding. And like when a child is born, a suitcase opens. This is like a John Cruel speech, but I've always loved it. When a child is born, a suitcase is open. It is your job to pack that suitcase for 18 years. And the day they turn 18, you got to shut it and hand it to them and hope that everything they need is in that Degum suitcase. Right. And the other thing that my um, therapist said the other day, because while I was having a meltdown, meltdown in her office Wednesday afternoon, um, about how I just like, I feel mom guilt for not like loving being a stay at home mom. And I just am like kind of struggling with that right now. Like I, I, for the first time ever, I would say in the last like month, I've genuinely understood what women mean when they say they've like lost a piece of themselves. Like I, I didn't get that at first because I think I was so obsessed with proving people wrong. And so this is like a humility moment for me because I was so obsessed with proving people wrong of being like, no, I'm not going to lose my identity. I'm going to be the same as I was before. And then like in the last month I have had the feeling like you and I talked about this. Remember when I said to you, like, what did we, what did I think about before I had a baby? (laughs) Like, yeah. So in the last month, things that we thought about, we thought about like, I don't have hair extensions. My nails aren't done. I, I mean, I don't have a six pack anymore. Like my identity has been, it's been shot out the window for a long time. Right. Because, and, and you also live in this world where nobody cares about you anymore. Everyone cares about your baby. Like people stop asking you, how are you? Yeah. And how's the baby? And how's I'm, baby? and I'm such a closeted introvert and I don't like attention. And so I, that at first that actually did not bother me, but but after a while, now it does. Like, yeah, now it did does. Did we forget about me? Yeah, because my mental health is hanging on by a thread. I mean, not even a thread. It's like an eyelash. <laughs> like, Ugh, a short one that's damaged from eyelash extensions. Because we have too many eyelash extensions. <laughs> yeah, it's an eyelash extension damaged eyelash that is hanging on to my mental health. But um, no, when I was like, you know, lamenting to my therapist about all of this and like hysterically crying. Um, she basically was kind of reiterating like all of this. And one big thing that she said was like, because I don't know, I mean, I do if I really had to like dig into it, but I just am hyper fixated on like making sure that she and I have this healthy attachment. And like, because it's not that hard for me to leave her sometimes because I do so desperately need a break. Like I internalize that as like, I don't love her enough. I'm not attached to her. I'm not connected to her enough. Like I, I hold my connection with her on this really high pedestal. And I think it's because that bond for me wasn't immediate when she was a newborn that like, I felt like something in me was wrong that I didn't feel that like obsessive love right away that it took me longer. And so then I like hyper fixated on that. And so it's just this thing in my brain that like will not go away. And my therapist said to me over and over and over again to the point of where I like wrote it down because I knew I needed to remember it, that negative feelings does not equal negative attachment. Like, because you, like every day you will have a negative feeling towards your child. Rue has never been fussier in her 13 months of living than she has been in the last six weeks. And it's like, to expect me to want to soak up and enjoy every minute of that is completely unrealistic and like quite quite honestly, absurd. That's absurd to expect me to like enjoy every second of that. So like negative feelings are completely normal and allowed, but in it, and it doesn't equal negative attachment and like hiring help. Or again, I have said before, I've said, I'm like preaching to myself right now, but like sometimes you have to hire a village and that's okay. But like, I'm telling you, I don't know why that TikTok like got at me last night that bothers me it got at me it really got i'm gonna start crying again it really got to me and i don't know why i mean i just dropped my three and a half month old off with my mom to spend the night overnight an hour away from where i live Mm. and the whole drive there i kept thinking like i'm afraid to tell people yeah 
I shouldn't have to think that. No, you shouldn't. If anything, like, no. people should be like, good for you. Like, if that's, I mean, if she's with my mom, first of all, who is basically me, but just a 25-year-older version. But the whole ride up here, I kept thinking, like, oh no, like people are going to judge me because I left my child overnight. Or what if people see I get us that. at a bar tonight and they're like, where's the baby? Yeah, I get that. I get where's that. Where's the baby? And, and She's in, with my mom. Right. But in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, Katie, why would you ever, don't worry about that. Fuck those people. No, you're doing it I right. But, but you, you can't help but y- yeah. worry yep. about that because that's the society that we live in now is people, mm-hmm. they always ask the question, oh, well, who has the baby? It's none of your business. It's actually none of your business. And like, I put her in her crib two nights ago for the first time. And like, so proud of you, by the way. Well, I debated, should I put this on my Instagram story? Because are people going to be like, oh my gosh, you're going to send them in your baby in six months. No, do what is convenient for your family. I had the stupid owlette sock thing on. I had a baby monitor. Like, she's fine. I needed my space back. I needed Mm -hmm. to feel like an adult again. But at the same time, I was so terrified that people were going to judge me because she's three and a half months old sleeping in her crib upstairs. Which, by the way, I mean, you already know this. I did at the exact same age because I am. Yeah, she's sleeping through the night. Why can't I enjoy watching a TV show? Watching television again. Yeah, on that note, actually, I. So, hot, hot Haley parenting, uh, not tip. This is not advice. I am not a medical professional, not even close. However, this is human development. Actually, that's a good point. Thank you for reminding me, Katie. I do have a master's degree. I actually do have a master's degree in human development. So I'm moderately, moderately informed on what I'm talking about. The, the AAP, is that what it's called? The, the pediatric board, whatever the doctors say that you should recommend room in room, not like in room, like keeping them in your room for six months. I am a high proponent of kicking them out of their room or out of your room the second you feel comfortable to do so because, again, mental health, like at three months, I fully plan to, I'm a rule follower, I fully plan to do it for six months and then at like eight weeks, I'm like, this is not, like, am I, oh my God, I I just want to watch TV, which sounds so bad and makes me also feel like an asshole that I don't, you know, in in the back of my mind, there's this little demon who lives in the back of my mind that means you don't love your kid enough because you want to watch TV at night. Well, I want to be an adult. I want to try to start to feel a piece of myself again. And then at three and a half months, I was like, Honestly, I, it actually, it, it was, it was a very real reason, like legit reason other than just, I mean, I mean, me wanting to, it was a legit reason, but I think I was waking her up. Like I'm a loud sleeper. I get up to pee like a hundred times in the night, even not pregnant. Like I was fully waking her up. So like, it was alarmingly clear. It was time for her to go to her own room. That's all beside the point. I, the, God, okay. So we're all just constantly feeling like we're being judged no matter what the hell we do all day long, basically is what I've gotten from the last 20 minutes. That's how we all feel, and it's sad. Yeah. It feels like, even when you go out in public, it feels like, I don't know, you feel like you're in a fishbowl and everybody's just watching and judging everything you're doing with your own child. And I've just learned to stop caring and do what is best for me and my family. I do things my way, and I just have to learn to stop being so insecure when I go out in public. I'm just so proud of you that you've gotten there so quickly because the thing that's screwing with the thing that's screwing with me right now is like at three months postpartum, like I think you've you even got there before that. I'm like so exceedingly proud of you because I'm like, yes, that's how you're supposed to be. Thank you. But I feel like I, I had you to help me though. You are the you were my safe place. Thank you. You were my safe place and you reassure me, you go girl. You're like my cheerleader, you're my hype girl, and I have watched and observed a lot of the things that you've done and I'm like okay well Haley did it <laughs> you know I mean you're like the first mommy friend that I have yeah. where I'm like okay yeah yeah I can do this well this and that's fine. how that's how Lindsay was for me but what's screwing with me is that I was like that and I was everybody's biggest cheerleader because I mimicked what Lindsay did and I felt so confident in like the mom that I was am but like I feel like I've regressed and I don't know why that all of a sudden I give so many fucks about what other people think that I'm doing right now. And I don't know why. 
it's just the society that we live in. And you are a seasoned mom now because it's been 13 months. And Rue is in a different phase. And you can't, you have to be old Haley. You've got to, you got to put your big girl pants on and be like, "Mm -mm, I got this. Roll your sleeves up, be confident, and just do what you're doing. Because the truth is, nobody knows what they're doing. And I'm going to quote you. You've always said, what works for your baby might not work for my baby. Yeah. And that's so true. Except, except for some people. Except for sleep training. Sleep training works for all babies. Some people just don't want to do it. I'm only yeah. half, I'm only half kidding. <laughs> that's that's yeah, see that's training. that's gonna get me one star reviews. <laughs> just let them cry it out. They'll be fine. <laughs> that's gonna just get me. See, I have I've said this so many times. If I ever get canceled, it's going to be about sleep training. <laughs> Well, I, we were just lucky. She just slept. I know. No, I know. I was, I was I mean, too. I barely had to do it. Yeah. I like woke up at 7 a.m. And I was like, oh my gosh, is she alive? And I like my finger under her nose. No, I know. I mean, she's 13 months old and I still, I, every single night go in and like make sure she's breathing. Like I think that, yeah. that I do think is kind of universal. You know what? We all did get really lucky and by we all, I mean, you, me and Taylor, There's like lucky babies. they, I mean, she, I know anybody who's listening to this, who has a baby who doesn't sleep, like I like stab me with a steak knife. I tr- trust me. I get it. But like, I didn't really have to, when I say like, I let her cry it out. I mean like twice and she started sleeping through the night like 12 hours, I think at like four months, which is like, I mean, the goal, but even she was doing like six, seven, eight hour stretches before then. And like, same with you and Taylor, I think Zoe Taylor's baby was sleeping 12 hours at like three months or less. Like it was insane. So I know that these are very unlikable (laughs) statistics. You know what? Our second kids are going to suck. They will. They will. Wait. Okay. So circling back to how like literally you and I, and I know it's not just us that feels like people just sit and judge us all day, every day. And Mm -hmm. how, like what, what advice could we give young moms or like new moms, like just put blinders on and just. But it seems so impossible. Like, yes, that's like, 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 yes, that's the answer is put blinders on. But like, I just feel like it's so unrealistic. And literally, in my opinion, the only way to truly put blinders on is to not have any social media at all. Like, would you agree? And to also also not judge other parents. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm bad about judging other parents. I don't mean to, I don't mean to, but what I mean by that is like, I judge like moms that are actually the opposite of us. Like the moms that are like sleeping on the floor with their child. That's like eight months old. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Yeah. I guess I definitely have those thoughts too. I mean, but again, I do it too. And that's the thing is like, I, I, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Calm down. That's interesting. That's it's almost like yeah, but I guess the yeah, I guess that's classified as or judgment like a mom too. That never had a babysitter, or is like I would never trust my child to spend the night with someone overnight. I'm like, oh my gosh, like why? Get over it. I'm just as judgmental about the opposite version of us. That is very self-aware, and I guess you're right. I guess like I, the way I felt towards them is how they feel towards me which just means that we're all screwed like what the fuck we all just sit and judge each other it's like the civil war of motherhood so are we just all assholes and like everyone just needs to shut up and like okay basically okay what all right what advice what advice would I give other than like delete your social media which depending on you know your personality or how you live that's unrealistic if that is realistic for you and you have other hobbies I am deeply jealous I'm going to leave that at that. Um, what advice would I give? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm so burnt out and I'm so, I'm in such like a pissy place right now. I don't even know if I have, like, I don't. I would say, I would say have <sighs> your tribe, have your mommy friends. Yeah. And like the way you and Taylor and I had our little group text mm-hmm. while I was pregnant was so helpful because yeah. not everybody understands what you're going through. But Actually, your, your I have one. Young mommy friends do. I have one don't be afraid because like I like even like saying all of this live like I might regret this but like I 
texted Taylor at like midnight last night, the things that I was feeling. And like, this is my piece of advice. Don't be afraid to say the scary things that you're thinking out loud because like someone else is probably thinking that and it's going to make you feel like way less alone. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing is like being a mother is such, you do, you feel alone, but you're not. Mothers are so terrified to say how they're really feeling out of fear of judgment Mm -hmm. and you have to have your safe place, your safe friends, your village and be like, Hey, this is how I feel right now. And just saying it out loud. And sometimes people you have to ask, do you want comfort or do you want solution? And sometimes we just want comfort. We just want to say it out loud and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, on that note, actually, I have another, I have a book recommendation and Katie, I don't know. I don't know if I've even told you about this because my therapist told me about it. And I haven't really shared it with anybody else, but um, it's a book called Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts. And it is exactly what the title like says it is. And it's it's basically just things that you think and feel postpartum that you think make you a bad mom, that you think like make you detached or make you like unworthy of doing this. But the point is that it, it's all exceedingly normal. And by normal, some things, depending on, like, the severity, will signal a larger issue, like postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. And, like, that is not up to me to decipher through those feelings or, like, the gravity of those feelings. But it just kind of, like, lifts the – it lifts the taboo a little bit of being so afraid of the things that you're thinking. Like, last night when I texted Taylor, I really don't like being a mom today. Like, I was so that's okay. afraid to say that, that out is, loud. That is okay to feel that way. Yeah. Because, Haley, there was a day where I didn't like being a mom that day. Yeah. And I'm going through this weird phase. I mean, I'm good this week. But last week was a bad week for me. Yeah. Because it was the anniversary of our trip where we went to Paris and Spain. And I just broke down. And I was like, oh, my God, I miss my old life. I miss having freedom. I miss looking like that. I miss my husband. And I have guilt about feeling jealous Mm -hmm. because all Matt talks about is her. Like literally I went to give him a deep intimate kiss the other day and he was like, Oh, I miss her because she was asleep in our bedroom. Yeah. And I was like, did you seriously just talk about our kid while I'm trying to like make out with you? (laughs) And it's like, stop, you have to separate it, you know, and that's the thing is like when you go through things like that, you do feel, I heard you say the word detached, Mm -hmm. and that is like the perfect word to explain motherhood, is everyone is going to feel some form of detachment with themselves, with with their husbands, and sometimes even with your child, you're just going to feel detached. And it is different with men, and like... Tabor, I think I've talked about this before, and, like, Katie, you obviously know, like, Tabor had a really hard time in the newborn phase. He felt that kind of, like, he felt that kind of, like, holy shit, what did we do? And he's very open about this with other, of with his friends who are new dads now, because he was also one of the first, and, like, he is very honest about how he did not feel that, like, he didn't feel that attachment to her, and like, right away either, and he and I, it's interesting that like this didn't come up for he and I for months. We did not have this big kind of like sit down, heart to heart, hash it all out. I know that sounds crazy, but like it's probably pretty common where he and I finally were really honest with each other about like how we felt. And he told me things where he was, af- that he was afraid to say out loud that he didn't feel connected to her. He didn't feel this obsessive love. He was like, holy fuck, what did we do? Like mm-hmm. I usually, his summer's are you know he's off from football he wants to fuck around he wants to travel he wants to do whatever and like we couldn't do that and he felt really trapped and he was horrified to say those things out loud to me because he thought that I would like take off when really if he would have said that out loud it would have made me feel less alone and then would have made him feel less alone so like there's a huge lesson in communication I mean with that alone so like I guess my point is Everyone has scary thoughts and everyone's afraid don't to say them out loud. Right. Yeah. And don't if hold you it hold in. hold it in, it will eat you alive. Yeah. And it just builds on itself. Right. But now it's interesting that like he 
Nikki and I are kind of opposite where I felt so confident. Like you said, like I felt so me, like I felt so confident in my like ability to still have my own life and, but like still feel like myself. And I didn't care what people thought. And I, even on mother's day, I remember posting this big thing about like, you know, I don't give a shit what people think about me. I think people, you know, think that like when I was traveling, some of my TikToks like about traveling with a baby, there were people who would comment on there like, you're a shitty mom for traveling with an infant. What if she got sick? Well, hey, guess what? One flight, she got RSV. You think I didn't want to die? I wanted to die when she got RSV from a plane. I don't know if it was a plane, but she happened to get RSV and we had been on a plane a week before. Like, you don't think I wanted to literally crawl in a hole and die. Obviously I did, but like, what's my other option? We all know that it wasn't an option for me to not go or else I would have sacrificed this whole other thing. And I've been logicing my way out of that alone forever. So it's like, I was there where I didn't care what anybody thought. And now, like I said, I feel like I've regressed. Whereas Tabor has never felt more confident. And like, 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 like Matt, you know, Rue does something and Tabor is enchanted. Yeah. And whereas all day yesterday, if the whining was making me want to like cut my ears off it, Whereas he was just like, God, she's so great. And I'm like, I know, but it, it just, and I hate, and I also hate that I feel like I sound like I'm bitching right now because I have kind of built my whole mom talk brand on shitting on people who only talk about the bad parts of motherhood because it makes other people not want to do it. And for the most part, I don't think it's that bad. So it's then it's like, this feels really, this feels really toxic to be doing what I'm doing. But then if I'm like, hold all of it in, then it's just this like psycho circle of hell of not saying the things out loud that I do think would help other people because other people do feel this way. But then I feel like, like Katie, I, I feel crazy. I feel crazy. Well, we are crazy. We're all, we're moms. <laughs> Have you seen our hair? We're crazy. You cannot get past the flyaways. <laughs> like, just look at us. <laughs> I think you're finding the biggest fault with postpartum in your flyaways. <laughs> it's the flyaways for me. It's the flyaways for me. It's the flyaways for me. But, you know, what's interesting is um, I, I love how, like, it's very good that you and Tabor flip flopped. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a big firm believer in the tap out method where if yeah, you yeah. are frustrated, it's like, oh, tap out, you tap in. And like you said, Tabor's like, oh, goo goo gaga. Yeah. You're so great with your whining and your teething. I love it. Enchanted. That's yeah. Great. You, you have to do that. Like, yep. there's, there's, right now, ML's not taking her bottles like I want her to. Mm-hmm. She's just being crazy for no reason. Get out of the road. I'm going to call your mother. <laughs> Sorry, a child just pulled out in front of me on a bicycle without a helmet on. God, I'm a mother now. See, judgment. Where? Oh my God, Katie, have I told you about? Have I told you about our neighborhood road rage incident? This could be interesting to other people too. So people are flying. I mean, you know where I live, obviously. Oh, oh, one time, Katie, Tabor. Hold on, I'm telling four stories at once. Hold on, I have to. I cannot keep a single thought on a track. Okay. We are having a big speeding problem in our neighborhood. And like, you know, like our, that, that big drag of like all of our like friends houses, people have been flying. And so we've been like rage emailing the HOA, like the listserv of everyone in the neighborhood. I threatened someone. I threatened everyone the other day, actually. Um, I was cursing in via email. It was very, it was very uncouth. Um, but Tabor is about to buy a radar gun just to, like, prove a point. Anyway, it's a whole thing. I have 100% become, like, the get off my lawn, slow down. I totally get it. Well, yeah. And especially with dogs, too. Not dogs, kids. kids. But dogs and kids. And, like, there's one street that has little – they all went and bought these little cones that says drive like your kids live here. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah, we're about to buy one of those as well. Um, also, while I was talking about my house and Katie's association with my house, um, one time, the, the meanest I've ever seen Tay be to one of my friends was he made Katie cry because in in his defense, she... He did say, do not do this. It, and she did it. Katie got, um, Katie bought us a bidet because she just thinks everybody should have a bidet. And so she tried to install a bidet into our master toilet. And he said, do you know how to do this? And she said, yes. And he said, are you sure? And she said, and he said, don't do it. And she said, okay. And then I got in the bathtub and while I was in the bath, Katie was installing the bidet and royally fucked up the toilet. He was, was 
I thought that he was going to make you sleep outside. <laughs> we had to call my father-in-law. It was a whole thing. I felt so bad. But the thing is, this is my motto. I mean well. She means so I well. I mean well. I yes. just messed everything up. I can't help it. We, we discovered that that weekend is that Katie, like your, honestly, the theme of your life is that could not be a more well-meaning person but like the the execution is sometimes very poor i break things okay constantly constantly okay i've kept you on the phone for 45 minutes i thank you thank you so much for like doing this i literally all i had to talk about was just like you know some vanderpump like literally the vanderpump like vanderpump rules getting nominated for an emmy is like moderately the only thing i had to talk about and do you know the only other thing there's so there's a miss america did i text you about this there's a miss america documentary um on a and e oh yeah i am yeah i'm gonna actually make Lindsay um talk about it probably next week because Lindsay competed in miss kentucky and I think got first runner up a couple times and like she, I, and she's older than me. And so she knows even more about a lot of the bullshit than I do anyway. So I'm going to have her talk about it, but it's very juicy. It's on Annie. I think it's, it's several parts and one of them already premiered. Um, so literally those two things were all I had to talk about. And then the other thing, Katie, do you know who Miranda sings is? Do you remember her? Her real name's Colleen Ballinger. No. How would I know her? So she's like a, I don't know if you can call her a comedian. Like other people will know who I'm talking about. Her name's Colleen Ballinger. She's getting canceled in like, um, because she's been accused of like grooming her like younger fan base. It's really like creepy and weird. And the, I, the only reason I'm even talking about it is because every once in a while she becomes like popular and in the news and I can't go anywhere without people telling me how much I look like her. So I need Ooh. you. So I need you to Google her and like tell me. And I do see it. I definitely see it. Like when my TikTok blew up the first time, half of the comments were like, "Holy shit, you look like Colleen Ballinger." I'm like, I'm. I know. Hmm. I think it's because like I am quite expressive with my mouth. <laughs> like when I talk and I have a big mouth, and she like that's her thing is that she like wears this like lips. It's stupid. That's literally all. So. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm gonna go get my nails done because I came home to an empty house and now I'm weirded out. That will feel feel weird. Silence will feel weird, but you should go um, drink something in your bathtub or on your porch because I'm going to go do the same thing um, yep. and enjoy your child-free night. I'm really happy for you. Thank you so much for, A, talking to me about a lot of this, like, publicly and if you want me to cut anything out text me after this um, oh, no, girl. I, didn't say, I didn't say the f word and I didn't say anything um rated r so we're good I don't care love that okay I love you so much I'll call you later I love you all right love you, bye. bye all right that was really unexpected I swear to god that was not staged I don't have the energy to come up with something like that but that really sums all of this up um I have, like I said, my little sticky note here that says podcast and it says Kyle and Mauricio. Literally, I think just because like the last time I recorded anything was like when the rumors were happening, but they like, they got the, the People Magazine article came out that they were separating, but then the next day they said, no, we're not. This is my opinion on this. And I know I'm right because I'm right about everything with Bravo. That is, that is a hill I will die on. Drink. Um, that I'm right about everything on Bravo all the time. I'm like Jax Taylor. Jax Taylor says I've never been wrong. He says all the time that he's never been wrong. I also feel that I've never been wrong. They put out a statement saying, no, we're not getting divorced. This has been the hardest year of our marriage. Okay, no, it's just because she doesn't want to talk about any of it on the reunion. So she's going to continue saying, no, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. The second that reunion is taped, she's going to put a statement that they're getting divorced whatever day this is, we're going to mark this down and look back. I'm right. Vanderpump Rules is nominated for an Emmy as it should have been. I hope Ariana, most famous person on the planet, by the way, also probably the richest person. I would not be surprised if Ariana Maddox is in like Forbes 40 under 40 next year because of how wealthy she is now, because I think she lives at the bank. She has to just live at the bank for how much shit that she is doing. Like now she's going to be on Love Island, whatever. I hope that she wears something, um, that will that like quite literally timeless. All right. So the Miss America documentary, Annie has come out with a documentary called The Secrets of Miss America, and 
it is several formal, former Miss Americas, two of which I am very good friends with. Um, I'm really interested to see the angle. Um, I mean, I know the angle that they're taking this it, brief, brief backstory before I dig into this probably next week um, after I watch the second episode because I'm not sure how many episodes there are. Um, but it's a, it's a series on A&E. Um, they are really explaining, in my opinion, so far very well how Miss America kind of aged into irrelevancy. I don't know if that's a word. And then was really resurrected um, in like the late 20, 2000s and has then again fucking plummeted, died. Nobody gives a fraction of a shit about it anymore. And I think they're going to maybe explore that arc of like, how did this happen? Um, Mallory Hagan, she is telling her story about how she was, I mean, I would say emotionally, psychologically, and socially abused by a man who I want to be clear. I've always thought Sam Haskell is a predator. We, I, Mallory was Miss America, um, the year before I competed. So she crowned Nina Davalori, who won the year I competed in Miss America. Nina was Miss New York. Um, and Mallory crowned her and Mallory was also Miss New York. So I remember when we were competing, uh, when I got to Atlantic city to compete for Miss America, Sam Haskell gave this very creepy speech um, like welcoming all of us. And, um, Sam was the, you know, I, I got to do more research on this because it's been so long ago. And this, all of this lives in such a very, very closed off part of my brain that my memory recall on it is some, it's shocking in some ways, but it's like not there in others. Um, but he was kind of the leader. He was, he was the leader of the Miss America organization. He was definitely the public face other than Miss America herself, which in my opinion, he wanted to be more famous than Miss America herself. Um, he was an agent, maybe still is, who cares at William Morgan's agency, massive talent agency throughout, like across the world, I'm pretty sure. And so he, with his connections pulled Miss America I think he would like to say ushered Miss America into the modern age. Um, and he did so at the cost of being of just a very toxic white male from the South. I mean, like we know a ton of them. Like there, there are a million fucking Sam Haskells in pop culture, um, specifically in the entertainment industry. And this was all, kind of happening at the same time as me too, which is also an interesting perspective to have, which they will get into that because then Gretchen Carlson took over. It's a whole thing. Um, I have to make like more detailed notes and I'm going to force Lindsay to talk about this. And if she doesn't want to, Maggie will be readily available because there's nobody who likes to talk shit about the Miss America organization more than, um, Margaret Mortar Ann. So she will be ready. But I want to get Lindsay's opinion first because she's just older than Maggie and I. And she was really like, and she's from the South and it's different in the South. And so she was privy to more information than I think I was. And she, yeah, so leaving it at that. So the one story I will tell before I end this, and then we will circle back to this in a week, is that when I got to Atlantic City, because Miss America was had really faded off into oblivion and it was on like CMT. It was still televised, but it was on like random networks and Sam then uh, created this reality show around it that the documentaries, the first episode said increased by like a hundred percent or something and increased viewership by like two, 250% or something like that. So he kind of pulls it back, whatever. Um, obviously only credits himself rather than the women who are actually the face and representing the organization, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the point is Miss America returned to Atlantic City because they originally were in Atlantic City. The organization started in Atlantic City in the 20s and then eventually moved to Vegas. From my memory, it's because of Trump, because Trump owned Miss USA. He had kind of taken over Atlantic City because of Trump Tower and the casino and all that shit. So 
in from my memory and the rumors is that he had really pushed Miss America out of Atlantic City to Vegas, but then Sam or whomever brought it back to Atlantic City, and that was and it the year that I competed for Miss America was the first year it was back in Atlantic City, and it was this like kind of return to its glory, and. We felt that as contestants, we felt this like, oh, this isn't really about us. This is about like the institution feeling like it's back, um, that it's like backed, put on this pedestal or it's back, put on this pedestal that like it once was, which then like they quickly, I mean, that was in 2013. Pageants could not be more problematic right now. They could not be less a part of I think like the zeitgeist right now it's like it's very hard to find someone in my opinion right now who like doesn't find pageants to be pointless and like I think the vast majority of the population thinks that they shouldn't exist so it's like incredible how fast it fell again um and then there were like issues that arose like arose that like didn't help but I think just like in general pageants have no reason existing anymore and every that's kind of like the general consensus so my point is I think it's just really fascinating how quickly that changed because in 2013 it was back on ABC Chris Harrison was the host it was like couldn't have been more like not relevant because I think again still the vast majority of people didn't really care but it was like on network television again is what I'm saying um and it seemed to have a decent viewership. So something was working. Okay. <clears throat> My point. We get to Atlantic City to compete. Um, and we have this welcome meeting by Sam Haskell. I kind of want to call my friend Tessa and see if she remembers this. Oh, should I do that? I don't know. Nah, no, I won't. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she'll listen to this and she'll be mad that I didn't call her. But we, um, we, <sighs> If there's anybody else I could call right now, it would be my friend Kara. My friend Kara, um, she was Miss New Jersey, and she tragically passed away um, in 2016. And if there were anybody that I would want to call right now, it would be her because nobody would tell this story about her. I think I'm going to cry for the 15th time on this podcast. <laughs> but um, anyway, moving on. We got to Atlantic City, and... Sam gives this creepy speech and he forces everyone to look him in the eye. He goes around and in silence, this takes like five minutes. He looks everyone in the eye and it it takes like several minutes and it's just silence. And he looks at someone for like, he like holds our eye contact for like three seconds and then moves on to the next one. It was the creepiest, cultiest just nightmare like where am I what are we doing and he in his um gravitas way said I just looked the next next Miss America in the eye and we all kind of collectively gagged but that's that's just kind of an example of the hokiness and like the the corny bullshit is anyone buying this kind of thing that he was about when behind the curtain he was like he was literally, I would say, like the like the best descriptor is he was like the Wizard of Oz because you pull behind the curtain and he's just this nightmare person um, who I don't know where he is now or what he's doing and I could not care less. And I will talk about it more next week. Okay. I really apologize for all the tears. If I said anything that Katie is, I admire her for so many reasons. Katie was a crimsonet uh, with me. We met in 2011, 2012. We tried out for Crimsonettes. We were both sophomores um, trying out, and we just kind of bonded because in our class was all freshmen, but we were sophomores. And it is the perfect example of a friendship that can flourish, like not caused by, like you go to school together or you're, because Katie and I were close in college, like we were friends, but we didn't hang out one-on-one. We just were, you know, we were tight in groups. But she had her other friends. I had my other friends. But we, several years after college, I we graduated in 2015. I think it was like 2018 maybe where we like fell back in love with each other. And I, I mean, we have gone on trips together. I have forced her to take a cross-country road trip with me before. 
like Katie, I call her my yes girl because if I want to do something, like she will say yes 100% of the time. And if she says no, it's because like she's either about to give birth or that's basically the only reason why she says no. So um, I love her to death and she is one of the most unapologetic people I know. And she also is like, she calls me her cheerleader, like she is mine. And that I'm really happy that I kind of got to have that conversation with someone and not just with myself because I have been feeling really, I, I have, I I just didn't understand mom guilt until the last few weeks, maybe six weeks. I just didn't get it. I, I mean, truly, I remember even on mother's day, I, I did, I, I put this post up of, and I was kind of lamenting about how I fly with a baby all the time. And because of that, I see, I watch people watch me. I am very observant. I have learned that it's because I have OCD. (laughs) I am very observant. I watch people watch me and I watch people's reactions to everything. I pick up on everything. Very little nonverbal communication gets by me. And because of that, when I fly with the baby, I'm much more in tune than other people think I am because I'm watching other people's reactions. I'm watching how they are reacting to me, but I pretend that I'm not. And so my point in saying this is that traveling with an infant so much, I have had a direct mirror into the way that I am mothering my child because I'm watching people's reactions to me existing in public by myself with my baby. And it's been this really interesting um, social experiment where at first I was obsessed with their reactions of like, oh my God, is everybody annoyed? Is everybody bothered? Like what are, and then I just kind of stopped caring. I got so efficient. I got so confident in my life in the way that I, I read the book, Bringing Up Bebe. I've definitely talked about it before. It convinced me to have a baby. I wasn't really on the fence. Like I always knew, I always assumed I would have kids But like, like I've said before, like I was very unenthused about bringing another human being into this like fucking World War Z nightmare that we're living in. I mean, literally being outside was toxic for like two weeks in Michigan. Like who wants to bring a kid into this? But A, we can't let the stupid, we can't just let the stupid people have kids. That's one of my life taglines. And also like, I think I would be a really good mom. So I decided that if I was going to do this, if I was going to be a mother, like I wanted to do it in a way that I was proud of. And that meant like not losing who I am. That meant like parenting, like being a person that like my child would feel proud of. And I just haven't felt that way lately. Like I've, I feel like I've taken steps back and I'm very unconfident in what I'm doing. I feel like everybody is judging me. People think that I'm a shitty mom because I, have been hiring so much help but then for like months I was told by people that like I was going crazy because I didn't have help so it's like I feel like I've overcorrected that I'm like well I'm hiring an au pair I'm I'm getting sitters twice a week even with Tabor home is that stupid should we be able to do this like other people other people are stay-at-home moms and like my husband's home all the time now for the last four weeks like am I abusing this system like what am I doing like I'm living in this weird limbo of feeling like I'm doing way too much, but then like deeply not enough. I, and I don't know what, I don't know if this is just like, I'm having like a mental health episode that I can't figure out. I don't know. My point is, I need to count how many times I say my point is because like, who the fuck knows what my point is, but (laughs) Katie has always been a, like the perfect sounding board for me because she is God, she's so fucking funny and she's such a spitfire, but she's the smartest person I know and she's so wise and she is so no bullshit and she reminds me, like she repeats, how many times in that conversation did she repeat back to me things that I've said to her but have just disappeared from my brain? I don't know. So I'm glad that I got to work through that in real life with another person and I think that actually also was really, really revealing and very like powerful when she said we all like she was like I judge everyone I judge other moms constantly and I'm like oh yeah do I think people who do I think sleeping on the floor of your child's nursery 
is objectively unnecessary because sleep training does not harm them at all. And it will improve your quality of life and your mental health 100%. Do I judge women who refuse to do it for their own personal reasons? Yes. And does that make me an asshole? Yeah, actually it does. And I feel bad about that. I do feel bad about that. And so that was kind of like, that was a, oh shit. When she said that, I it made me defensive. It made me feel icky. And she is completely right. That I also judge other moms. And I am part of the problem. And we're all part of the problem. And so like, when she said, what advice do you have? I'm like, I don't, I have no advice. Are you kidding me? I don't have anything. But like, objectively, I know that I'm like relatively good at this. And so like, I don't, I can't believe I'm putting this out into the world. And it's comforting to know that like, I don't think that many people are listening to this. <laughs> like, I deeply hope that this is not the episode that like somehow gets a sound bite and is like on TikTok or something. But um, I appreciate anybody who will take the time to listen to this and I appreciate anybody who this might resonate with. Um, I'm really sorry if anything I've sended or I've said was offensive. It is not my intention ever, ever. I want everyone to feel one of my other taglines of life is that I want to feel, I want everyone to feel 100% awesome 100% of the time. And I would hate if I said something that made you feel icky because I hate when that happens to me. And so I'm really sorry. Um, this is just a really hard thing to talk about. It's really clunky. I suffer with major depressive disorder and I have like episodes every, like a few times a year. And like, maybe I'm in that and I'm just not like fully aware of it yet, but, or maybe I'm just going through this like motherhood growing pains and I don't know totally how to (laughs) articulate it. Um, but I appreciate anybody who's willing to listen. And I really, really, really hope that if you're thinking scary thoughts, that you find someone who you feel safe seeing. Oh my God, I can't stop crying. I really hope that you find someone that you feel safe saying them out loud to because it will really help. It will really help because you will realize that you're not crazy. What you're thinking is normal. It happens all the time and you're a really good mom. I highly recommend the book, Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts. Um, I don't know who the author is, but it's Amazon it. It will, you know, prime it to your house in the next hour. Um, it'll help at least a little bit. So, oh my God. All right. I'm going to go sit on my deck because my deck is done. It is done. I have a, I have a sticky note on my fridge that says things that need to get done for Haley to not have a nervous breakdown. It's been on my, it's been on my fridge since February and I only have one more thing to check off and it's that and I'm going to go check it off. So with that, I hope everybody has a fabulous weekend. Um, I'll see you next time. Bye.